Welcome to the Green Moxie Campfire Chronicles podcast, where we relate your campfire stories of backwoods adventure and close encounters of the furred kind. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast for free monthly camping tales. My wife and I have been looking forward to our camping trip for weeks. On Friday afternoon, we both left work early, tossed our already packed gear into the car, and headed for the hills. For the first night, we had selected a camping spot not far from the main parking lot because we knew we would be arriving late. A short one-hour hike brought us to the edge of a beautiful lake. Its white sand beach crunched underfoot and fireflies were already starting to flit through the undergrowth. It was breathtaking. We savored the scene for a moment, then set up camp, taking care to disturb the forest as little as possible. We made a small campfire in the fire pit, and we were just sitting down to our dinner when our new neighbors arrived. In order to minimize the impact on the environment, it is customary for campsites to be grouped together. There were two sites side by side at this location that shared an outhouse and a line to hang bags out of the reach of bears and raccoons. Our neighbors were a rabble of boys in their late teens and early 20s. They were already drunk by the time they rolled up, and my wife and I looked at each other skeptically. We waved hello, but they didn't return our greeting. Instead, they threw their bags in a pile and set about making a campfire on the beach. They pulled a collection of knives and handsaws from their packs and began hacking off tree limbs. I stepped up and explained that they couldn't damage trees or make a fire on the beach, offering instead the compromise of deadfall and the fire pit. Hell, I even offered to collect the firewood myself. The biggest of the eight lads stepped forward. I'm Ollie, he said, and this, he made a sweeping motion with his hand, this is my kingdom. Now why don't you go insert here a few choice expletives that teenagers have a habit of overusing in an unconvincing effort to establish their badassery. I shrugged and ambled back to my campsite. It's going to be a long night, my wife said. We discussed options as the boys fired up their sound system and proceeded to pump out dance music at full volume. It was dark now and far too late to move to the next campsite, which was a good three-hour hike away. We had no option but to wait it out till the morning. As the full horror of the night unfolded, my wife suddenly smiled wryly. God bless that woman. She has a wicked mind for retribution. Once we'd hatched our plan for revenge, listening to the boys have a party until two in the morning didn't seem so bad. When we rose at seven, the boys were all passed out on the beach, having never actually put up their tents. We made a leisurely breakfast, then packed up most of our gear. My wife left the camping stove and medical kit out. The last thing she did was brew Ollie a really strong cup of coffee, with the addition of a laxative from the first aid box. She waited until the hot sun started to stir the boys. Then she went over to Ollie and offered him a cup. You look like you could use some coffee, she said. He gladly accepted it, and then she set about packing the last of our things. Taking the empty mug, she wished the boys good luck and we set off up the path. As we reached the outhouse, we each picked up a side and moved it about four feet back. We had barely crested the first hill when Ollie's scream of utter horror scattered the birds in a five-mile radius. We smiled at each other 
and went skipping on down the trail. Thanks for listening to the Green Moxie Campfire Chronicles podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, share and like it. Want to hear more? Subscribe on iTunes. Happy trails, partner.